Hi, and welcome back to From Tits to Toes. I am Dr. Michaela Rush, an OBGYN. And I am Dr. Ann Sharkey, a podiatrist. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back. Happy November 1st. I know. We just had Halloween. I can't believe that month is over. That's crazy. Right? So crazy. Well, you've had a very eventful weekend. Lots of costume changes, very elaborate <laughs> costumes. I mean, it looks super fun. <laughs> You know, I gotta have a lot of outfit changes. Yes, lots of costumes. Hey, any excuse to dress up in costumes, I'm in. Yeah, those were mm-hmm. good ones. I like that. Yeah. What did you uh, dress up as? Did you dress I up? No, no, I didn't no. this year. I've done it in the past, but I didn't. I didn't this year. Oh. Yeah. Um, my sister that moved here, she likes to dress up with Meredith, and she <laughs> was Belle, and Meredith was Ariel. So I let them kind of live in the spotlight. Year. Why didn't you dress up with them? You could have been one. Well, I just like, I'm apathetic this year between moving and everything else going on. I was like, I can't even occupy my brain with that. <laughs> See, that's the artistic release where you just yeah. get to dress up and have fun. Next year. I'm going to do it next year. <laughs> next year. Start planning. <laughs> oh, no. So, Candy, did she get... A lot of candy. Where'd y'all go? Did y'all go around? She did. So we, um, our best friends that lived in our neighborhood that moved during COVID to a suburb of San Antonio, basically, um, we went to their area because that's also where my sister lives. So we went with them all. And uh, Meredith got to go trick-or-treating with her with her little friend, Caroline. So we went there and yeah, I mean, she like made out huge. And one person yeah. gave her legit like a whole bag of candy corn. Like they're just like, here's the, the bag. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah, it was like, Ew. who does that? Right. Well, it's yeah. not, Ew. yeah, so it's in the pantry. But <laughs> yeah, she got tons of candy and she was so good. She sat through last night and like was like, I like this, I don't like this. And we taught her about the, have you ever heard of the Switch Witch thing? Switch Witch? No, what? You don't know about what the Switch Witch? So the Switch Witch, your children can gather candy that, uh-huh. you know, they're like, I don't want this. And they leave it out for the Switch Witch and she'll bring a toy or something. What? Who so made that it gets up? Rid- you know, someone who didn't want their kid to eat candy. Well, a dentist t- probably. Toss it or I just <laughs> take mine to work. Like whatever's extra, I just take it See, to my office. But don't you eat it? Like I can't take it to my office because then I'll walk past the front desk and I'm like, oh, there's a Snickers bar. And like well, this didn't do any good. It like left no. from my house. To I know. I hide it in the break room. So it's just okay. I have to walk to the break room to get it. But yeah. I would like next year i feel like i need to put out an announcement in our neighborhood of can someone just please buy some dark chocolate Jeez, louise i like, saw that yeah no you didn't i didn't find any what? in our bags no there, and there's no lots candy of candy exists with dark chocolate no like there's lots of dark chocolate like well you can buy bars of like midnight yeah. you know milky but ways but they don't or, send the, like make it in the fun size halloween so. jumbo i just pack. want some dark chocolate and i will rifle through my kids bags looking for dark <laughs> chocolate and there is nothing and out of everything that they got from halloween there's still no dark chocolate in there and there's oh. some tricks like so there's some things that that will trick you into thinking you have dark chocolate because they've changed the packaging yes. for the halloween. yeah the like glow in the dark yes. stuff and they're yes. really, they're like black or really dark with like some other different thing. And I thought there was dark chocolate in there and I got all excited <laughs> and there's not. It's the same old milk chocolatey stuff that everybody else has. But like PSA, public service announcement, please, somebody make dark chocolate. Come on. All right. We all know. All I can think of like the Dove. Dove dark chocolates. Like they make those, sure. but I guess they don't yeah, give they those do. out. Yeah, they do. I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm well, saddened. now we know. 
We know because what I don't want. want any of their candy. I only want dark chocolate. <laughs> oh, I wish I had that problem. I'm like, find me the Sour Patch Kids. Mm. Yeah, sometimes I'll do like a Starburst or something, but yeah. But honestly, yeah, no. this year I was kind of, it was weird. I felt like old and mature. I was disinterested in the candy. Normally I could sit there and just eat like pounds no. of it. If it was dark was chocolate, all- I'd probably eat the whole bag. But my kids separated, I don't know if you saw the pictures I posted of I them. Did. They separated it out and they like put them in the categories and then they've started trading. So they're like, well, I'll give you these five Starbursts for okay. your six whoppers or you know like whatever stupid trading that they do and hey whatever works it's kind of funny it's it It was it was a good year though right i feel like people were so excited because last year was kind of a bust and so yeah like did it out big big this year oh yeah well they've been wheeling and dealing in there making different trades and different deals and combining with other deals and it's pretty funny to watch but i love it yeah but we yes. came home from San Antonio last night. We got, oh my gosh, it was terrible. Like, it was so late, right? Because trick or treating, then you get in the car, you know, drive home, and some sort of chaos on I 35. So it routed us the back roads. And um, we got home, and I mm-hmm. took out the car, and Thomas went out to the back patio. And then Emma was sitting by the door, so I let her outside. She has to go outside. She's just been in the car for two hours. I was like, oh my God, don't let her outside. I'm like, why? What's wrong? dead thing on our patio like why do we have more dead things at our house <laughs> ew what was and on your it patio it was a dead hawk or something it was an owl a hawk a dead bird and it, there was no trauma to it the dogs had nothing to do with it we just didn't want them to bring it into the house wait was um, it a big bird it was a massive bird Man, what dead where do you live why I do you have so know. many like dead animals you're like in a pet so, cemetery. We were trying to look because, well, it's like, did the bird just have a heart attack and fall on the deck, maybe? What? Or we were checking the windows to see, like, did it accidentally fly into the window and, like, give itself a concussion and die? We don't know, but the windows are <laughs> fine. So we're not sure. It's a mystery. We kind of wanted know. to autopsy the bird. So, so wait, last episode, Emma found Emma. a leg dead leg and we, then we got the second dead leg in the house yeah. but we've never found any other parts of the dead so you leg. got so the update is you found a second emma found a second leg but i thought you looked yeah, around was, and didn't see a second it was leg. a more decomposed leg we didn't so the current leading thought is that someone who previously owned this house probably buried a beloved pet mm. and emma found the legs Oh, that's a good theory. Yeah, because there's not, it's old. Like, it's not new or yeah. fresh or anything. And it's old and it's just like these little scrawny mm. legs. But I feel like now we've got to factor this bird in somehow to this weird pet. <laughs> the bird was very fresh. Thing. The bird was very fresh. But <laughs> I was like, no, I'm worried. I was like, well, I don't know. Was it diving down to like, and like a snake got it? Or I don't know. I wish I, I had know. a camera. I don't have a camera. Yeah, we need. We well, should take a picture of the bird. I want to see what this bird is. I, I should have, but we had to get rid of it so fast. But um, I was. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to ask Tom if he took a picture. Maybe he did. We were both so grossed out. Like I'm not a bird person. He's not a bird person. It was disgusting. But it was like speckly <laughs> brown. Because I was like, is it an mm-hmm. owl? And he's like, no, I don't think it's an owl. Anyways, I'll what? stop talking. Our listeners probably don't care about my animal sagas, but I'm um, fascinated by all the I have dead to like animals. I'm I like I don't even walk out my door fast anymore. I like open Ew. the door a little bit and like peek around on the sidewalk. I'm like anything dead gonna creep me out today? No, okay, okay, good. I can walk outside. Right. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, I find it fascinating that you have so many dead animals. It was like, on Halloween. Up. 
felt it felt very appropriate for Halloween as like, someone is pranking us. <laughs> is that the back door? Uh, yeah, it was the backyard. So it was, yeah, it was not weird. You'd have okay. to work to get back there, but it was on the back <laughs> patio right outside the back door. I'm just lucky he saw it because I, I am sure had Emma saw that before we did, she would have, she would have um, brought it in the house. <laughs> in another because one. You last had week, she mm-hmm. ate pancakes that were on the counter for Meredith for oh. breakfast. She ate all of those. And and then one day we were, I was bringing Meredith home from soccer and we were going to have a pizza for dinner and it was like from Costco and it had pepperoni and sausage on it. And Tom called me and he was like, did you really want pepperoni and sausage on that pizza? And I was like, well, that's how it comes. Like, yeah. He's like, well, it's a cheese pizza now. Oh, no. Emma ate all the toppings off of it. Oh, no. Uh, Nico's done that before. He counter surfs. Yeah. Sometimes. And he'll, he will literally just pick the pepperonis off of it's, it. The pizza was in perfect condition. Yeah. Aside from the missing meat. Oh my gosh. That's funny. So we've got a Nico here. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. I know. Exactly. So I don't know. What else you guys got going on? No school tomorrow, right? Yeah. The kids are out tomorrow. So. Just one day. It's like weird. Why a Tuesday? They're out election day. I think because they have a, they hold a oh. lot of elections at the schools. Election day. Got it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. So okay. they're out. So we'll find something to do. I don't know. Are you off? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm off with them. Be- so. It's going to be beautiful weather. Oh, I hope so. We'll do something yeah. outside then. That'd be Thank great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have an exciting episode planned for us. I, listeners, have no idea what this was. In fact, when Dr. Rush texted me the topic, I thought it was a typo. So we're all going to learn <laughs> together today. I know. You are like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. I was so, like, um, surely that autocorrected to something weird. Yeah, no. I was surprised it actually was the right, correct word when I said it out okay. loud, when I was voice texting. Oh, it, it was actually, a voice dictation. You didn't even type that out with uh-huh. your finger. It was actually a voice dictation, and it, it correctly spelled it. So I was pretty impressed with that, actually, because it doesn't good. spell anything correctly, <laughs> like simple words. right? Yeah. Half the time you're like, no, that's not what I said. And then like three <laughs> times you type it in, and it autocorrects it still to the same thing. And, you're, yes. and finally I'm like, gosh, dang it. Seriously, Apple, if you're listening, why would I use F-I-R so often? If I'm typing in F-O-R... <laughs> Why are you going to autocorrect it to F-I-R? How many furs do people buy? It's not even in conversation except maybe Christmas. Like, why yeah, like would a, it autocorrect like a it to F-I-R? Well, Come my on. poor sister, every time I try to type Kelly, it puts it to jelly. So she's just jelly <laughs> in my phone. I thought it was supposed to learn, like, if you correct it so many times, then it automatically know. does it. I don't know. But I like, that one's my pet peeve. I can't stand her. for okay. it. goes to fear. Um, But yes, we're talking about pseudosiesis this time, which is false pregnancy. So we'll get into details about that, but it's, yeah, there's specific criteria for that, but it's, yeah. All right. A legit false pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's Let's get started. Let's do it. All right, so this is pseudosiesis or false pregnancy. So pseudosiesis is P-S-E-U-D-O-C-Y-E-S-I-S, which is a very confusing name and hard to spell. So false pregnancy is another way to word it. So 
Let's talk about it. It's an actual yeah. diagnosis and there's actual psychological diagnosis for this. It's in the DSM-5. So this is more of a, um, this is not a medical condition. You're not falsely pregnant. This is more of a psychological topic? Kind of, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. So it is, it, because it's really fascinating, this is, so picture, this isn't a lot of TV shows, movies, podcasts, whatever, like there's a lot of things because it's so fascinating. It's not that yeah. common. So it's okay. really rare. So it's really interesting. But this is when someone really, truly believes they're pregnant and they actually look pregnant. They can show signs and have symptoms of pregnancy and think they really are pregnant, but not be pregnant at all. Wow. Yeah. So what made me think of this topic actually is it does come up in a lot of shows and whatever. Okay. Um, I was listening to a recent podcast. I don't know. Do you, Have you ever heard Sword and Scale? No. It's a podcast. So it's about crime, murders, whatever. But he actually will put in a lot of audio clips from like the trials or from the interrogations. And so you can actually hear it as it unfolds, you know? So it's really interesting. Anyway, so it's kind of like a dateline on a podcast, you know? So anyway, but it it was really interesting. Anyway, they had a whole episode. Episode number 200 was about Andrea Curry Demas, which she had this pseudosiasis type pregnancy but then she lost it or f- figured out she wasn't and then kind of lost her mind and she ended up okay. killing another woman. This is a true story. Like she yeah. killed another woman who was pregnant and cut the baby out of her and tried to claim oh, that baby as her own. My so goodness. some people know okay. this story or they've heard of it, but yeah, um, she tried to claim the baby as her own by calling the ambulance and pretended that she had delivered in her house because everyone had thought she was pregnant and she thought she was. But then whenever she found out she hadn't, then she like had kind of come up with this murder plan, which is not part of pseudosiasis, but um, sure. she kind of like took it a step further. She really she took that a little step further where yeah. she was, you know, a little distraught and a little overly distraught and uh, lost her mind, you know, but they also did some in like the, I know we talk about call the midwife a lot, but there's a lot of references. It's all OB-GYN stuff. So they did have an episode of that uh, when they were volunteering down in Africa and there was a woman who was in labor for a really long time and they had called them because she wasn't delivering and not progressing. And they realized that she wasn't in fact in labor at all. Um, She was just, it was a pseudosiasis. It was a false pregnancy. And the whole time she thought she was in labor. Testament to the mind body connection. Yes. And that's kind of what this talks about. How does that even Right. I know. I know. So it's so crazy and nothing's consistent between all the people that have been studied there's nothing that's specifically consistent, like this is elevated or this isn't. So it's really kind of interesting. Wild. So, And then yes. how does it relate to those who, I mean, it gets my brain thinking about those who are pregnant, but like have no idea they're pregnant. Like we need to cover that. Oh yeah. That's a whole different topic. I didn't know I was pregnant. That's the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know I was pregnant. They're just you living life. Pregnant. And then they're like, I got these stomach pains. And then boom, there's a baby. It's like, okay, that's yeah. a totally different problem. That's a different podcast episode. Okay. So, yes. So pseudosiasis is a rare clinical syndrome where a non-pregnant, non-psychotic woman believes she's actually pregnant and actually has the signs and symptoms of pregnancy. So prior so they have to this, a diagnosis. no psychological diagnosis. Right. As in they're okay. not clinically safe. Like schizophrenic or something. This is the diagnosis. Yeah. They truly okay. just think they are and have symptoms and look like they are. Okay. Um, so there is, so the 
the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or the DSM, is now the fifth edition, so DSM-5. This includes pseudosiasis under the category of other specified somatic symptom and related disorder. So it actually has a, a legit diagnosis. It's just, yeah, crazy, right? Wow. Um, so yes, so let's talk about it. It's rare. It affects all ethnic, racial, and socioeconomic groups. So it doesn't matter if they're poor, rich, black, white, doesn't matter. Sure. Um, it's, I love how they give this range. It's most common in women aged 20 to 39 years. I'm like, yeah, that's so reproductive years. I know. I'm like, mm, that's reproductive. The only thing they left yeah. off there was like teenage years. <laughs> I don't know. But it has also been described in pre-menarchal, which is before your first period, and post-menopausal women, which I find fascinating. Like if you were post-menopausal, like why you right. would think that, but. And they threw this review in here from 1937, which I don't know how accurate that is. But in a 1937 review, they reviewed 444 cases dating back to the 17th and 18th centuries. And they said most patients were married and at least 40% had given birth previously. So okay. that's interesting. Just as a side fact, just statistical yeah. data that they pulled out of those cases. This is mostly more frequently seen in cultures where childbearing is the central role of a woman and fertility is a prerequisite for marriage or for a stable relationship. So when they put a lot of weight into being able to procreate, that's where I think they see a lot more of this because they want it so badly and they need it so badly and there's all these pressures on them that you tend to see it more often in those cultures. So I'd be curious to know, especially in industrialized nations right now, where there's less pressure on that, right? Like people aren't having as many kids and there's more focus on developing career if we are seeing less of this. Yeah. And it does kind of touch on that a little bit, basically saying the same thing where it's sure. not as like important, right? It's not, we don't put as much weight into it. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't see it as much in those groups, but you do see it in certain populations where well, we'll get into details of like when you kind of see it the okay. most, but it's uh you can still see it in a lot of patients too. Yeah. So yeah, so the presentation of pseudosiasis has both psychological and physiological aspects, which means there's the brain and then the physical parts of it, right? It's all connected. So they are not pregnant, but they maintain a belief that they are pregnant even after pregnancy has been ruled out. They usually have one or more of the following signs or symptoms, either they have abdominal, most common is abdominal enlargement, like they actually look pregnant. Um, they can have menstrual irregularities or no periods. Sometimes the periods stop altogether. Um, some claim a sensation of fetal movement, gastrointestinal symptoms like GI issues, breast changes, abdominal pain, and urinary frequency can pick up. So having to go to the bathroom more often. Yeah. The most common sign is the abdominal enlargement, but it typically will occur without flattening of the belly button, which is normally observed in pregnancy. Okay. So there's a subtle difference of their belly will get bigger, but their their belly button doesn't flatten out like a normal one would pregnancy. You can also have abdominal protrusion or enlargement of the belly um, as a result of like gas distension or if excess fat. If you have pronounced like lower back, lower doses, or that curvature of the back, or if you have like stool or urinary retention, you can see, you can see with all of that. But what I found interesting is that all of that will recede with administration of general anesthesia. So 
It's like when they relax, like if they're under general anesthesia and everything just relaxes, it just goes down, <laughs> which I find fascinating, right? So it's I like you're know. posturing that then. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that was weird. Okay. And then they said the, the subjective feeling of fetal movements tended to have an atypical pattern, intensity, and duration, and it may be related to contractions of the abdominal wall musculature or bowel peristalsis. So it's hard to say like what they're feeling because they, they, some will claim to feel it. And it's a common claim, but nobody really knows like what they're actually feeling. Um, nausea may be present early on and maybe the initial reason why they think they're pregnant. So sometimes they get the nausea and they just assume they're pregnant. And in their mind, they really do think they're pregnant and they just, and their belly starts to get bigger. So they just think they are. So they may even have vomiting and all of that, but it could be severe. Sometimes there's the weight gain, breast changes. They can have engorgement, tenderness, um, areola and, or nipple pigmentation. It can get darker, um, or even leaking milk or discharge from the nipples to where they really like, how does this happen? I know. (laughs) And then they can have abdominal pain that's so severe. It usually occurs around the time of when they have their expected due date in their head. So they'll have severe abdominal pains and they think they're in labor or they're like having labor pains or contractions. Um, And they, some will also have the urinary frequency and have to go to the bathroom all the time, which that can occur with anybody with just UTI or anything really. When it comes to labs, okay, what can we check for labs? There's nothing that's consistent. Like I said, nothing was consistent in the data of like, oh, this, you know, they always have this or that. Like, you know, there was never anything that was very consistent. But certain labs can be checked like, you know, hormone, like the actual, you know, pregnancy tests, prolactin levels, estrogen levels, progesterone, FSH, LH, all of those. But they just all varied between everybody. So nothing was consistent. The symptoms usually lasted either a few weeks or nine months or even longer. Sometimes they, they've uh, documented years. Of being, I'm like, how do you, how do you think you're pregnant for years? Like, I don't well, know right, why. You're like somebody... just dating an elephant now or what? Right? I'm like, it can't be pregnant for years, but I don't know. And then recovery can be spontaneous, but it's sometimes precluded by the labor pain. So sometimes they can have a single episode or multiple episodes of pseudosiesis. So to me, if I had had one episode, I would be like, okay, I'm not going to trust anything anymore. Like if I thought that I was and I wasn't, I would be getting in to get checked out. To right. Sure. Heck, you'd have a supply of those test kits at home. Right? I don't know. And it's it's very rare and unusual for a false negative, right? Okay. So, I mean, well, it's rare to have a false positive, but I mean, if you're pregnant, if you're getting a negative test, like- I mean, it could be just really early, but gosh, sure. it's just so unusual. If you're pregnant enough to have a positive test, it's not likely a false positive. That's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so in some cases, you know, with pseudosiesis can come other, the development of other psychiatric disorders that come along with it. So some people are really devastated by it. Um, yeah. Some people will have depression hypomania, psychosis even. So like that lady who murdered the other one. They have like a postpartum depression for pseudosiesis. Kind of. Yeah. It's like a pseudosiesis postpartum depression. Yeah. And then psychosis, like that lady, you know, who murdered Mm -hmm. the other lady took her baby. It's crazy. Um, Some women with pseudosiesis even attempt or commit suicide because they're so devastating to them. So in this, I found fascinating if they're misdiagnosed, so some people are misdiagnosed, like if they come into the ER or if they come in and they claim they're pregnant, nobody questions it, especially if they look pregnant. Yeah. So 
The problem is some have gotten so far as even getting up to go to a C-section. Like it says several cases of cesarean or near cesarean delivery have been described in women with pseudocyesis who were mistakenly believed to be pregnant. Like what in the world? Like they didn't get get the ultrasound out and be like, wait. Right. Like, well, yeah, I mean, there's a heart rate monitor, right? There's due diligence. Well, and that may be the problem is they put the heart rate monitor on and don't hear heart tones and they rush her to the back to try and save the baby. Okay. Sure. So yeah, it's crazy. And if she's, you know, saying I'm pregnant, oh, my baby, my baby, you know, save my baby. They're probably rushing her right back and be like, oh my gosh, I can't get heart tones. But I mean, yes, an ultrasound is due diligence labs, you know, all of that. But yeah, yes. (laughs) So like the pathogenesis of this. So how does this happen, right? So it appears to involve psychological and neuroendocrine mechanisms that kind of have this reciprocal like interplay, right? So it's between mind and body. It's this whole weird connection between mind and body. So there's three major hypotheses about this disorder. So we're going to talk about the three. So psychosomatic hypothesis. So psychosomatic is basically saying like, the psych, the psychology part, like the psych part, the mind part is causing the body parts, right? Okay. So psychosomatic. You believe it so enough the, to be true. Yeah, yeah. So if it's in your mind, like you really think that it is so true that your body is making it true. Like it's it's happening, okay. right? Yeah. Like you're, you're willing yourself and your hormones to make this happen. <laughs> Crazy. Can so, I will myself like with longer hair or something? This can I will like, myself is- to like lose weight? Or I know. Grow my like, hair. What do I have yes. to do here? <laughs> now, like, get a will. Okay, we just have it's mind and body. We have to will yeah. ourselves. I'm gonna work more. harder on that. I'm like, mm. we have to will ourselves less wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't mean to make light of the situation, but I was like, well, if this is really capable of occurring, I need yeah. to work harder at this. Maybe that's all that positive thinking. Like, you just will yourself to think it, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So. So yeah, so psychological factors such as like an, the intense social pressure and anxiety can alter the function of the hypothalamic and pituitary ovarian axis, which can then result in signs and symptoms of pregnancy, such as no more periods. Like basically you stop having periods. I would also like to wish my period away. Yeah. <laughs> wish your periods away. <laughs> hey, there's problems with that. We're not going to get into that this episode, okay. but you can't just wish your periods away naturally. If we're controlling it and you're not having periods because we're... <laughs> helping with that great but if your periods just stop altogether either you're menopausal or there's another problem we got to fix okay. it okay all right so it can also include like social pressures can include the overwhelming desire to be pregnant for personal reasons for cultural reasons or both in these cases the belief in the pregnancy is thought to serve as a defense against confrontation with a difficult reality often related to a loss and the triggering loss can vary because it can be the loss of a loved one or the loss of a previous pregnancy via miscarriage or a stillbirth or the loss of a valued social role. So in some cultures where in which a woman's social value is dependent on her ability to bear children, a woman who can't bear children uh, may be subject to abuse or rejection or divorce or economic distress or whatever. So, sure. um, I mean, it could be devastating for her because that's like, yeah. you know, everything for them. So, uh, and that can contribute to the pseudocyesis. Sure. So contributory psychological pressures include just the loss of reproductive capability, such as infertility, sterilization, a hysterectomy or menopause, um, or the loss of a pregnancy or child. So, Having an unplanned, you know, hysterectomy for some sort of complication or some issue, you know, it's, it's really hard for some. And psychologically, like some people 
have a really hard time with that. There's the interpersonal pressures, like in an attempt to maintain a relationship um, with, you know, with other women or loneliness or family pressure. There's a lot of family pressures out there for real. A lot of like the the patient's moms, like the grandmas want to be grandmas. And there's all this pressure of like, oh, your sisters can get pregnant just fine. Why can't you? And, you know, there's a fear of conceiving. A coping style um, characterizes somatization and denial, which sometimes occurs in the context of a histrionic personality disorder. So in those specific patients, um, you can see that. Um, Cognitive styles characterized by using less information before coming to conclusions. So people who jump to conclusions before they have all the information were like, oh, I was nauseated. I must be pregnant. (laughs) And then you move on. Like you just assume you are and move on. And then you start to think you really are and your belly gets big. Or sometimes there's other things such as like emotional stress in your life or, you know, childhood sexual abuse or troubled relationships with a significant other, or, you know, just not understanding how medicine works <laughs> and how it works. <laughs> not quite understanding how one does get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you just don't understand how that works. So I'm like, if you didn't have sex, you can't get pregnant. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> sex 101. <laughs> exactly. This is, that's a prerequisite. Yeah. Mm, that is a prerequisite. So you have to actually be sexually active to be able to conceive. So, all right. So the other hypothesis, so that was the first hypothesis. The second one is somatopsychic hypothesis. So we just did psychosomatic. Now we're on somatopsychic. This is where the body changes initiate that false belief. Okay. Right? So then psychologically sure. you think it because of the body changes that you had. Yeah. This is the, these are the ones who misinterpret their symptoms. Body right? signs, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Examples of medical conditions where they have seen pseudosiasis, some patients with hepatic failure or lupus, abdominal cancers, or low sodium, like hyponatremia, cholecystitis, or gallbladder disease. Lots of stomach weight gain. Mm -hmm. Lots of those kind of things. You start to have abdominal distension, and then you start to think Mm -hmm. that you are pregnant. Um, It can also occur in patients who don't have periods. So there's conditions where um, you don't have periods, right? So like PCOS or weight gain, breast soreness, you know, galactorrhea, things like if you have high prolactin levels, um, if you have a micropituitary tumor and you have elevated prolactin levels, that can cause you to have leaking at the breast. So some people think that they're pregnant because they're leaking at the breast, you know, so you can have medical conditions that then make you believe that you possibly are pregnant. Okay. Um, and then that leads down, that goes down that road. Mm-hmm. Right? The third one is the psychophysiologic hypothesis. And this is more about like that major depressive disorder or stress uh, with their concomitant alterations in the brain, biogenic amines can be an an important initiating that event in the pseudosiasis. So it's some sort of imbalance basically, right? Okay. But yeah, it's nothing's not one thing has been said to be like, this is the way it goes because it's it's different for everybody. Some, it starts with, they have these symptoms and they think they're pregnant or the other ones, you know, it goes the other way around. So, all right. How do we make sure to prove one way or the other? So proving a pregnancy, right? How do you prove a pregnancy? Do a pregnancy test. You test? (laughs) Yeah. Do do a P test. Like you can pee on a stick. So urine or blood work, you can check the HCG level to see if it is. So false positives and negative tests are rare. Usually you can trust whatever you're seeing. Now, I do have some that will call us, you know, they want us to check the blood level. The blood level is going to be more accurate. So you you can always get a blood test. Ultrasound 
is even better, right? So you can actually use the ultrasound to look and confirm if there's a pregnancy or not and confirm fetal status. So this is also helpful too, because it's a visual confirmation for the so you and get the patient. To see it and look mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. So that should help with that. Delusion of pregnancy is another differential diagnosis. Like you're trying to figure out like what else do they have going on? Delusion of pregnancy is a false and fixed belief about being pregnant despite factual evidence to the contrary. So as compared with with women who have pseudosiesis, these women have a relative absence of physical signs suggestive of pregnancy. Delusional pregnancy is usually more with psychotic disorders. So it's just someone like, oh, I think I'm pregnant, but they don't have any other signs or symptoms. Like it's more with, those are more associated with psychological disorders. Okay. So, and sometimes it is difficult to tell the difference. You kind of have to figure out that's when you have a specialist come in and figure out where they're yeah. at on that. A little bit of the history that happens mm-hmm. there too. And at the end of this, remind me, because I have had a patient with this and when I was in residency. Ask, have you seen this? I have. And I will tell the story when we're done. Okay. But yes. I'll go, I'll tell the story when we're done. Because <laughs> I thought of that one too. Like it made me think yeah. of that when I, when I was listening to that podcast. I thought of it. All right. So delusional pregnancies with no physical signs suggestive of pregnancy, have also been reported in males. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously. Reminds me of the, uh, what is it, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he, uh, Junior, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. Now, I did also have one of these in residency as well, a male really? who thought he was pregnant, and he was all upset and worried about it. And so we actually pranked one of our upper levels, I think. Or no, I think I pranked one of my lower levels and I called them down. I was the upper level and I called them down because I was down there for something else and they were people were like giving me a story about this. And so I called my lower level to come and get the history and start taking the the information and the history. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it was pretty funny because, I mean, and he was truly – thought he was like he I mean it was totally serious like he was yeah. given the story you know, like you take the history and he was telling you how far along and everything and but he couldn't be but yeah so that was a delusional okay. pregnancy yeah other medical conditions that are similar can produce signs and symptoms of pregnancy but um, are not like a gestational trophoblastic disease which is like a molar pregnancy you can have a molar pregnancy where you can have very high levels of hcg but not an actual fetus. So you have a lot of signs and symptoms of that. But there's no fetus. There's no placenta. How so, does that occur? Yeah, it's kind of, it's a different type of pregnancy. But usually molar pregnancies are just in the uterus. It, it um, Yeah, that's another whole, we could do that topic. Yeah, I was like, that's actually really confusing for me, obviously. I don't, is that what someone calls Basically, like a chemical picture a pregnancy? Ball, is that picture what they, a bunch of cells that like keep dividing but it's yeah. like kind of out of control. Um, but it's not, there's no fetus, but they produce it because it's related so like sperm to sperm and egg didn't meet. Well, they did, but they didn't okay. meet the right way. They malfunctioned. So it's, it's in the uterus typically, okay. and it gives off the hormone and can grow. And you can get all the symptoms. And unless you're checked out with an ultrasound and everything, you wouldn't know that it wasn't. You would just wow. assume you're pregnant. So then it miscarries at some point, obviously. Right. Or usually, yeah, miscarries, um, but usually they bleed quite a bit. So a lot of times we're doing those in the OR. We're having to... DNC. Yeah, like a DNC, a section DNC to finish that off. And we send that to pathology. Sorry, totally segue. I was like, we need to stop because I don't understand. So I'm sure many other people have Yeah, yeah. So we would usually send that to pathology and that's how we get that diagnosis of the molar pregnancy. Yeah, you can suspect it from ultrasound usually. Okay. So yeah, so that type of pregnancy... 
Also, if you have a persistent corpus luteum cyst, it can result in missed period. So a corpus luteum is what happens after you ovulate and that ovulatory follicle it releases the egg and then it involutes down and becomes a corpus luteum. And the corpus luteum is what helps produce the progesterone to sustain a pregnancy. So okay. if you have one that doesn't resolve and go away, it keeps hanging in there. And so sure. it can help, it can prevent your next period kind of. And so it can make your periods a little irregular. So sometimes that can happen. Pituitary tumors, like we talked about earlier, can happen. And those can cause lack of periods or uh, the leaking at the breast, the mm-hmm. discharge. There's different types of, there's all kinds of crazy stuff, like medical conditions like pelvic tumors, Cushing syndrome, bowel obstructions, constipation, IBS. I don't know what else is listed on here. All kinds of th- ascites or fluid in the belly, like all of that, mm-hmm. like cancer and stuff that like, can give you a bigger belly. So sometimes other yeah. medical conditions can be like misinterpreted. So these have to all be ruled out. So like stress, weight loss, PCOS, you know, all of those can give you missed periods. So you just got to make sure you check all those other things to be sure. The next category is feigned pregnancy. A feigned pregnancy is an intentional feigning or faking of a pregnancy for some specific gain. So like if you're trying to gain attention or okay. you know, trying to get off of work or avoiding punishment <laughs> or... Uh, avoiding any sort of responsibility, really. Um, it's it's classified as fictitious disorder or malingering. Um, mm-hmm. The latter is a clear has a clear like external motive, such as financial gain. You know, so okay. I think we've seen that all right in TV shows. People fake to be pregnant to keep the boyfriend. Yeah, they're like, oh, can I boyfriend? I'm pregnant. Yeah, that's yeah. a feigning pregnancy. So feigned pregnancies are different than pseudosiasis because pseudosiasis, they truly themselves think they are pregnant and they're not faking it just to. Which and sometimes there are cases where they are a pseudosiasis pregnancy and then they find out they're not, but then they continue the lie because they're already so far in and everybody's yeah. so excited or, you know, like the the grandmother, or the boyfriend or whatever. Sure. But at some point a baby has and then to he's come. Like, okay. How long can I keep this going? Like, so sometimes it can turn into a feigned pregnancy later once they don't. But, oh, this one was interesting. So can continue with that, like feigning uh, pregnancy part. Um, there was a case series of women with factitious. There's a series or there's cases reported with women with a factitious disorder by proxy, which is a woman producing or feigning symptoms in their children. And then 19% of them ended up with pseudosiasis, like the, the kids, like the ones that they were. So basically the mother. It's like Munchens by proxy. Or yeah, it's like Munchens by proxy. Yeah. But basically it's a fictitious disorder by proxy, as in they were telling everybody <laughs> and their kids, their daughters, that they were pregnant. And then their daughters believed it. And they themselves had pseudosiasis because That's they crazy. felt they were. They thought they were. Like their mom was telling them they were pregnant. Yeah. And they weren't having periods anymore, whatever. So crazy. Yeah, that's I don't know. some that's some mommy issues right there. Yeah, that's like that's hard to wrap your brain around. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kuvad syndrome is a different type of syndrome. That's a sympathetic pregnancy, quote unquote. So that's like where someone close to a pregnant woman experiences the same like pregnancy related symptoms. It's usually towards the end or during labor and delivery. A common example is like the male partner exhibiting, yeah. exhibiting like similar symptoms, like gaining weight or being nauseated or always hungry and snacking and all of that. Um, but it can also be experienced by a woman, such as like the mother of the pregnant woman who. Oh, okay. Yeah. They can also have, you know, hmm. sympathetic pregnancies. So interesting, right? 
So management of pseudocystis. So now that we've kind of determined, are they pseudocystis? Are they something else? I don't know. So management of it. Basically, the goals are once it's diagnosed, the goal is to develop the woman's insight into her own disorder, basically, right? So she truly thinks she's pregnant. So you've got to give her insight of, no, you're not. You're trying to also reduce the physical signs and symptoms of pregnancy. So, I mean, if they're constipated or whatever, you know, you got to fix the constipation or if they're gassy, fix the gassiness, you know, you got to like fix whatever problems they're, they're having associated with it. You also need to try and help fix or alleviate any psychological or interpersonal or sociocultural pressures that are like fueling that belief that they are. Also developing the woman's like engagement and other valued activities and goals, improving their social and occupational functioning, reducing the risk of recurrent, you know, like all of that kind of goes hand in hand. Minimizing any unnecessary medical interventions, like as repetitive ultrasounds or unwanted C-sections. I know, like, you know, something like that. And so the once symptoms have remitted, then some employ their face-saving, quote-unquote, explanations for why they are no longer pregnant. So then they're like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? Everybody thinks I'm pregnant. Yeah. So then they have to make up stories. Most commonly, they will say they miscarried or that the baby went to heaven, quote-unquote. This, <laughs> this, this other excuse or that witchcraft ended the pregnancy. Okay, that was never on my radar. I've never heard a patient say that witchcraft ended a pregnancy, unless they really thought they were, and then they're like, no, there's no baby in there. And they're like, I've been cursed. Witchcraft ended my pregnancy. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, witchcraft. I, I don't see that That's in medical literature very often. Okay, I guess maybe sometime, somewhere along the line somebody said well, it. I, so yeah, I guess it came it. from somewhere, so somebody said it. Mm-hmm. So then explaining the diagnosis, right? So you got to explain it in a way that's therapeutic rather than damaging, right? You're trying to help them not like crush their soul, right? right. Um, so you just want them to be able to accept the diagnosis and initiate conversations about the underlying issues and like, it's truly this, not this, right? And you try to do it empathetically and you don't want them to lead to depression or, you know, anxiety, agitation, psychosis, or other like issues. You also don't want to push them away to where they're just doctor shopping constantly and, you know, going to somewhere else because they're like, I don't believe you. That's, that's wrong. You're crazy. You know, and then they just kind of doctor shop and hop around all these different doctors who, you know, trying to find an answer that they want to hear. That they want. Yeah. So you just have to facilitate it, you know, make sure everyone's okay. And then if the person, if the woman asserts that she is pregnant, even after being told she is not then she's probably just not ready to relinquish that belief yet. And so they recommend like trying again later, like bringing her back, you know, letting her marinate on it a little bit, bringing her back, talking about it again, arranging a follow-up, you know, like, okay, let's talk about it. How do you feel now? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of when it becomes that pseudo like they truly still think they are, you know? Sure. And so that's kind of how you can also determine it too. And so we, they talk about ultrasound as well to like help convince them that they're not pregnant. But it is common that women with pseudocyesis misinterpret the ambiguous ultrasound images because they're just like, it's like snow on a screen, right? It's just hazy and blurry and you have no idea. But they can see fetal parts into that haze, right? So they still believe that they're pregnant. They can see like pieces in there because it's hard to pictures. They're just making things in your right. head. They right? look at that. They're like, "Oh, look, it's so cute." You know, like they they really think they can see it in the picture, even when you say, "Like, no, there's nothing here. This is nothing mm-hmm. in here." Like, "Oh, look, there's a baby right there. There's a there's a head. There's a foot. Whatever." So they they still think that. So 
you have to explain it properly. And you can't just say like, oh, everything looks fine because then they interpret if they're have true pseudosiasis. If you say, no, everything looks fine as in like everything's normal, not pregnant. If you don't say anything about the pregnancy part and you just say it looks fine, they interpret it as the fetus is fine. Sure. So they, they truly think they're pregnant. So you have to word it properly around them, right? And then obviously counseling. They need counseling. So they need a specialist. They need counseling Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's a whole team that really kind of plays hand in hand here. They need the primary care. They need OBGYN. They need a counselor. They need a lot. So you can't just, you know, toss them out. (laughs) You can't, right? You're not pregnant, Um, bye. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, there ain't no baby in there. You see ya. (laughs) Like, that's not going to work. I mean, they'll just get depressed. So then the question also is, can you treat them with medication? Like psych psychotropic medic type medication. So antipsychotics, right? Not all the time, but sometimes they claim that it can help. Sometimes if you have other existing issues like depression, if they already need antidepressants or mood stabilizers or antipsychotic agents, it can help alleviate the pseudo, the true pseudosiasis. There are some women who stop their meds because they think they're pregnant and they don't want to damage their baby. So they come off all their meds and then that makes it worse, right? They think they're protecting the baby from all the meds. Yeah. So then that just makes it, you know, 10 times worse because they've come off all their meds mm-hmm. now. And then there's also side effects of medications that can cause some of these symptoms like the leaking at the breast and all of mm-hmm. that. And so sometimes those types of meds can cause those symptoms. So you just got to have to be careful and see which ones are on and switch the medications around. And then when it comes to periods, there's ways that OBGYNs can trigger periods and kind of restore their periods back to balance if they were not having them at all. So there's different ways to to fix those. So the OBGYNs can help with that. And then obviously you want to get family and the friends involved to kind of support the patient and help them out because really that's part of the treatment. Yeah. You're going to have the support at home for that. Sure. So Yeah. They have to, everybody okay. has to understand what it is first before they can right. kind of help with it. So you have to explain it to the family and the friends to be able to help support them. Bring everybody on board. Yeah. Yes. So that is pseudosiasis or both right. pregnancy. So well, we um, need to hear the story. Okay. Tell us the story. story. Yeah. <laughs> story time. So yes, in residency, I did have one. And we, so yeah, she came to triage. And so the call from the nurse in triage was that, and she was probably term, maybe almost term or either near term. The call from the nurse was to hurry down because they couldn't get heart tones. They had a hard time getting heart tones. And anytime the labor and delivery nurse has a hard time getting the heart tones, uh, we always rush down because we don't know like what's going on. Is there something wrong with baby? You know, we don't know. Right. Yeah. So do we need ultrasound or not? So if they have a hard time getting heart tones, we typically will wheel a little ultrasound in there to find the baby, to find where the heart is on the belly. And then they can put the little monitor, monitor on that specific spot that's the best area to be able to hear the heartbeat, right? Yeah. And so we will rush in there with an ultrasound. So here I am running in there with my ultrasound and she looks legit pregnant and her mom is there and her sister's there, like everybody's there. And um, they can't get heart tones. So I'm, you know, getting, I got my ultrasound and I'm scanning. You're scanning and scanning. And I'm scanning and I'm scanning. And I, <laughs> I am so, I was so confused because I was like, 
oh my gosh. Well, then I'm wondering, like, am I, are my settings wrong? Right. Like, this is the moment where you're like, am I doing my job right? Like, what's right. happening? Am I an alternate universe? Right. Yeah. I'm like, are the settings not right? Like, what is going on? Like, I can't see it. Like, it's just like this hazy blur. Yeah. Like, there's it's nothing intense. obvious. Yeah. Well, it, that is. That's all it was, you know, right? And so I was like, yeah. this hazy blur. And I can't, I was like, maybe my, maybe it's too shallow and not like deep set. I don't know. You know, I was trying to change the settings and figure it out. And so then um, I think they had collected a urine from her. So I guess they had to call down to the ER and ask for a pregnancy test because we don't carry pregnancy tests in labor and delivery. Yeah. They're all pregnant. Like we don't right. need a pregnancy <laughs> test up there, right? <laughs> So they called the ER, got a pregnancy test sent up, and then tested it, and it was negative. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. So we had to do the the lab and the ultrasound, and looking, I'm like, I am so sorry to tell you, but there is no baby in here. And then, I mean, yeah. they couldn't even interpret it. Like, they had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, e-. and then the her mother, right, the grandmother, who was like, so excited because this baby's gonna be born any day now like because yeah. she's like term and she's just like counting down and they've had baby showers and they've had all, all these the things. things already yeah they've had everything nursery equipment all the yeah. stuff and i'm like and then in my mind i'm thinking do we not have prenatal care like yeah that you know, was my get question start? like obviously she hadn't gotten prenatal care because you would have had some kind of ultrasound you would have had to have some con- sort of confirmatory something. pregnancy test like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, and I, so I don't, I don't remember the details of like sure, why she didn't have prenatal care, but yeah, I don't know how it got that far. And so, um, yeah, so everybody, like, I think her mom was the most devastated. And so I feel like from that particular encounter, it was more of the pressures from the family and how excited they were. And the mom was just so, she, she was so mad at me for telling her, mm-hmm that there was no grandbaby in there. She was mad, yelling, profanities, you know, everything. And so sure. she's like, what You're is like, this? I don't know what, what to is do. This? She's pointing at her daughter's belly like, well, just what is in here? Then what's all of this? What's in here? And I was like, it's her intestines and some fat. I don't mean, I don't know. Like, it's her belly. Like, there's nothing in there. I don't know what to tell you, ma'am. I know. I was like, a cheeseburger. Yeah, the cheeseburger she just ate. I don't know. It's it's all just there. There's no oh, there's no, no baby in there. Oh, it was. And awful. how did the patient handle it? She she looked more in shock, you know. And I felt like okay. I was in, interacting more with the patient's mother and the grandmother than I was anybody else. But God, it would. And then it was just. And then I felt awful, you know. And then I'm just being yelled at by grandma that you know. I just ruined yeah. all of her. I crushed all her dreams, you know. You crushed so. her dreams, basically. The patient, I think, was just more in shock. But I just, I remember the grandmother more than anything because she was just so mad. And I yelling, mean, well, what is this? What is this? Pointing at the belly. One of those experiences that will live with you forever. I know. So that was my oh. one encounter with okay. pseudosiasis. Well, so. I think, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm surprised so. you did because you could go your whole career without seeing that, I'm sure. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I don't think which which residency is really for all those like crazy things the zebra you hardly ever see in practice, but you're gonna see everything under the sun when you're training. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I got to experience it and to see it, but holy cow, like I know. Yeah, I can't crazy. imagine. Yeah, there's yeah. so many emotions wrapped up in that as well. And not only for just the person, but their entire family yeah. and and their friends and the social structure that 
goes along with it, right? And can yeah. you even imagine now, like you employ social media and you've posted about it? No, like and everybody like, knows. Well, and I don't know. I get and she had a baby shower, so I don't know. Like, yeah. how did you know a gender? Or maybe they didn't do a gender. Maybe it was just a. You know, like a neutral baby shower. I don't know. Or maybe she thought she was having a specific gender. Right. I don't know. You know, if it, who knows? I mean, you thought you were pregnant for nine months. So you can Oh, my gosh. Anything. I can't even imagine. Well, and, and then how to truly like – then you have – you truly mourn the loss if you really do think yeah. you're pregnant that long. Like Absolutely. It's crazy. You have this yeah. life envisioned that never occurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that whole life is just shattered, which, I mean, at the time I was more inexperienced and now, you know, there's yeah. a way to – Explain yeah. it. But I, at the time, I think I thought she was just lying to everyone and okay. just there yeah. and just like wasting all of our time, basically. Yeah, right? like, you're I like, th- I think, oh, you're not pregnant. It's, there's nothing in there. <laughs> right. And I think I just like blew her cover, you know, I was like, well, uh, you know, whatever. But it, Suda and Suda Saiz is like, they truly believe they are. And she really yeah. did have a belly. Like, it was legit. Right. You <laughs> I did, right. Like, I walked in there and you thought she was pregnant too. I yeah, I thought she was pregnant. I mean, the nurses thought she was pregnant. They just couldn't right. find heart tones, so they called me. It's amazing. I mean, she made it past all those people and very yeah. experienced people. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so I think I just assumed she was just lying to everyone and okay. you know, just a big fib, you know. That's so I mean, I would handle it. Like those learning, out. those learning experiences, and not yep. only do you learn about patient care and conditions, but you learn about how to talk to people about things. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I officially learned something a hundred percent new tonight. <laughs> You're welcome. I know my mind is blown. So now you have to go yeah. listen to that episode of Sword and Scale, episode two hundred, with the crazy. I will. So I'll uh, have um, a drive from, from Miami to Naples on Wednesday. So maybe I'll listen to it while I'm driving. Ooh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. You have to listen to it. It's pretty good. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. That's it for today. Thanks again for tuning in. We have been loving all the feedback and the questions that we are receiving, so just keep them coming. Don't forget, if you want to leave a voice message, just go to the link at the bottom of the description in the episode. You may even hear your question or comment here on the show. And remember to subscribe so you'll be the first to know every time we release a new episode. We are so grateful for all of the downloads, rates, and reviews. These help to drive our podcast up in the rankings and makes it easier for others to find us. Do you have an interesting idea or a question that you want answered here on the podcast? Send us an email at tits2toespodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at fromtits2toes. And remember, keep your tits up and your toes down.